Welcome listeners to episode 22 of the Running Guide podcast, where I aim to provide informative content and interviews with elite athletes from around the world, like in today's episode, where I'm chatting to a British runner who laced up in Sydney for a few years where he picked up some chocolates, now living and working in Singapore, he's a 215 guy. Welcome to the Running Guide podcast, Ben Moreau. How you going, mate? Hey, happy to be here. I'm good, I'm good. Fantastic, fantastic. Now, I had a quick look at your Strava feed, and um, it tells me you tweaked your calf a few days ago, mate, so you probably haven't been out on a Sunday morning long run. Is that right? That is right, yeah. It's been a frustrating uh, few weeks uh, here at the moment. So I'm, I'm in, I live in Singapore now, um, and we've, you know, similarly, we've had the sort of lockdown s- style um, environment. And one of the few things that's actually really good to go out and do is go out and do a run. Um, but firstly, I tweaked my patella tendon. Okay. And then I think it's almost more embarrassing, but some of the rehab exercise I was doing was some um, sort of hopping on one leg sort of squat to try and load the, the tendon up a little bit. And I pinged my calf a little bit doing that. Yeah, it's not um, embarrassing, It's not, it's not that, too bad. Yeah, that, it happens a lot. <laughs> it, it goes to show how fragile we are. The amount of times I do rehab to fix one thing and then injure something else. And <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be okay. It'll okay. be okay, but you're right. I haven't, haven't got out for the long run this morning. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, yeah, Singapore, what's what's the current temp? You guys are sitting smack on the uh, on the equator there, aren't you? Yeah, it is a challenging place to run, I'll mm. tell you that. Um, mm. It's it's um, humid. You get used to it, but it is – It's every day it's like sort of, you know, 80 90% humidity, mm. um, 30 degrees. Um, it's not, it's a little bit cooler in the mornings and the evenings. Um, but really, you know, every single day I'm coming back soaking wet from yeah. sweat. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's nice. Like it's green. It's pretty flat. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some nice places to run, but, mm. um, yeah, the, the conditions are, are pretty challenging. Yeah. Tough place for a monophyte like. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> how many is, years have you been I've done a few of those for? here. Uh, three years now. Okay, so it's been a while. And that's, that's um, yeah, work. three years. Uh, yeah, I moved. Yeah, I moved with work. It was um, um, I could have stayed. Um, I didn't have to move, but it sort of coincided a little bit with probably me thinking that I was um, I guess a bit done with serious running. Um, it, it, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been able to carry on being really competitive here because, as I said, the climate's not great. Um, the, the running. Uh, groups aren't as aren't as strong as what I had back in back in Sydney. Um, so the people to train with are not as good. So yeah, I think a bit of a change, so an opportunity to live somewhere else. And um, the good thing about Singapore, which is probably where it's different to Australia, is that there's so many countries nearby that you can travel to. So I was I was quite keen on. I hadn't seen much of Asia at all, so being able to travel around and see some different places. Um, so yeah, that was that was sort of part of the reasons for the move. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Are there any like indoor tracks in Singapore? Um, no indoor. There's okay. amazingly dozens of outdoor tracks. Yeah, um, yeah. but it's quite and it's quite funny. Like when I first moved here, I looked at all the tracks. Like, wow, there's loads. This is awesome. Uh, they're all free. Like you don't have to pay to use. I thought that's that's fantastic. Uh, first thing is almost every single school has a track. So most of the tracks you can't actually use because mm. they've got these pristine tracks that no one uses. And secondly, Singaporeans will walk around. The, they see it as like a recreation center. So there's kids running around. There's people walking with their shopping. Um, so, you know, shouting track makes no difference whatsoever. So the it's like a, it's like playing dodgems. Mm-hmm. Um, 
<laughs> so you learn you learn quite quickly that you you know you're going to be probably likely walking into people yeah, yeah, uh, or yeah. running into people who are walking around it's uh it's um yeah it's a, it's a different world sure sure so what's the, what's the fastest time getting around singapore at the moment for a marathon um so i think the there's a guy here at the moment who's the marathon national record holder um so he's running the 220s okay. um i think mid 220s off the top of my head yep. um there he i think he's also run a sort of sub 15 for 5k mm-hmm. um so yeah and, and there's just there's not many uh, okay. it's, i mean competitive sport in singapore is less of a focus like it's, it's not part of the culture mm-hmm. um it, it happens but it's not like back in Oz and back in the uk where sports you know a big big thing mm. um and the, the people stay active there's a lot of people there's a lot of um a lot of people go out running but the um it, yeah they just don't quite put as much um emphasis on you know the the, the competitive side of things so um and i guess like i said as well for long distance running it's not the mm. not the best environment but yeah it's um it's a small place like it's five million people yeah um uh so it's pretty small but um yeah the the sort of best guy here is sort of um mm. in the mid 220s or so sure how about park run is that over there uh yeah there's two or three i think okay um i've actually done i've done a, i've done a few of those um um there's i think the i'm trying to think the park run record i think is um i think it's i'm gonna say about 16 um no i think it's 15 15 30 15 40 something like that okay. there was a while when i was trying to um i'm nowhere near as fit now as a as i was sort of obviously at my best but it was a while where i sort of thought oh maybe i could have a have a crack at have it. a crack at least trying to get the park run record yeah. and it's done by someone who came and visited it's not sure. someone that was living in singapore i think it was a european guy i want to say like a yeah, yeah, yeah. swedish guy or someone that was obviously passing through and yeah, yeah. ran a reasonably reasonably strong time yeah. and do they, do they start um, earlier in the morning due to the, that sort of weather yeah they're yeah. 7 a.m seven yeah okay. yeah yeah um, it's, they get a good crowd. Like I think they're pretty, um, you know, pretty good participation. Yeah. What a couple of hundred um, or, or more? Yeah, uh, probably. Yeah, about that. Yeah, okay. about that. About a couple of hundred. Yeah. Probably maybe around the you know hundred to two hundred mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the work you're doing in Singapore now is, is that the work that you're doing in Sydney? Um, so I work for the same company, uh, different job. Um, so the job when I when I was working in Sydney, it was um just a Australian market job now it's a Asian market role so um, a little bit more travel with the work as well um, I had to have a couple trips a year that well, I did before obviously all travel stopped but mm. places like the US and the UK for work um, so yeah it was a slightly slightly um, broader broader job um, and can cover so we've got offices in India we've got offices uh, in China, Japan, as well as as well as Australia, and and through you know through a bit of like Indonesia, Vietnam, Thailand, Hong Kong, places like that. So a little bit of traveling around there as well, which is just sort of well, I wanted to go to these places and and see them. Uh, I tried doing a race in Hong Kong on a on a work trip, which was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. It's mm. very very hilly, lots of stairs in Hong Kong. I mm. learned um, that was brutal not not one of the trail <laughs> races it was it was a road race or yeah no it's no, it a trail race yeah, it was yeah. one of the trail races sort of right in the in the north like i mean it was beautiful scenery but i i wouldn't say i was running for most of it it was basically walking up and down huge steps yeah. um like up and up in the up in the hills um it was i'd say it was up there with one of the hardest 
races I've ever tried to do, to be honest. Yeah, no, I, I have heard about, I don't know if it's that actual race, but I have heard about some of those ultras over there in Hong Kong. They're, yeah, pretty tough, yeah. I mean, n- yeah. N- not only the weather, um, and especially those some of those ones that go through the night, and they just get hit with these tropical monsoons and storms. And oh, yeah. It's terrible. So. Yeah. But, I mean, some people yeah. enter them for that exact reason, so, you know, we're all a bit crazy, aren't we? <laughs> true, very true. So where would you rather be, mate, Singapore or Sydney at the moment? Like, oh, as far as, I, as, I do miss. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I get. I think Singapore's probably got things under control a little bit um, better than may, maybe Sydney's looking at the moment with oh, the, yeah. no, I, the I don't, coronavirus. I don't, I don't mean the COVID. <laughs> I just mean as far as. Uh, I just you mean know, the location. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I do mean, miss Sydney. They must be completely different. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. are. I mean, they're different types of life, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. Singapore, I love the way you can travel. Um, yeah, I love yeah. being able to. Okay. You can hop over for a weekend to these little islands in Malaysia, Indonesia, sure. um, yeah. and that I, I love. And that um, sort of got to me a little bit in, in in Sydney is that you can. I mean, Australia is great to travel around, but it's a long way from anywhere else. But okay. I do miss the city. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we better quickly Sydney cover what, what sort of work you're actually doing over there for, for listeners who are, who are interested. Yeah, sure. So um, I run the. Um, so I work for a, uh, I guess a company that helps, um, like a credit bureau company. Um, but I. I uh, don't know. I don't have a financial background at all, but I run their I run their innovation product team. So we build new products. We've got sort of developers and data scientists and stuff. Um, I guess a good example of um, some of the things we do is sort of um, in Indonesia, where it's really hard for a lot of people to get loans. There's not there's not very well like strong credit history on people. Uh, we actually have learned that um, just the way that people use their phones is actually quite a good indicator of how reliable they'll be to pay back loans. So um like the way you you help the behavior how you make calls what sort of whether you use your phone through the night might be a good sign of whether you've got a job or not these things so we've actually when people are applying for a loan now we can actually give a like a score a reliability on a on what someone's credit worthiness using their their telephone um behavior so it's sort of it's quite interesting um but we're Mm -hmm. building building new products um so i lead their their innovation um uh their innovation program over here Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, mate. Let's get back. Let's uh, talk about running. Um, we're going to run through run through your PBs, and um, if you can just sort of, uh, you know, fill in any of the dates around these performances, mate. That's sort of, uh, yeah, that you can that you can remember. So I'll start with your your fifteen hundred meters there. Um, pretty far, three fifty one fifty six in Manchester, two thousand six. Yeah, that one's uh, that was probably the oldest of one of my PBs. That's uh, that's going to go back mm. a little bit. Yep. yep. Um, I think that was a that was a phase when I was um, working on my five k. Yep. So the fifteen hundred was a um, you know as a to work on work on speed. Yep. Uh, it was in the UK. They have a thing called British Milers Clubs, which are awesome. So they'll be a they'll be in the evenings in the in the summer. They'll run about six or seven of them, and they'll just put you in different races. So they'll go from A races down to you know, probably like J races. Yep. I don't think I was in the A race for that. I think I was in like a B or a C race and everyone's running about the same time as a pacemaker. So they're awesome for running PBs. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I remember, and in fact, that was a, I remember that night I ran a 10 K PB on the track. Cause they asked me to pace the 10,000 meters. Uh, I said, I'd try and get them to 5k in 15 minutes. Um, got there, tried to step off the track. Um, and I'm wearing my like 1500 meter spikes as well. Like I remember loving them, the night zoom milers, and tried to step off the track, and my coach was like, oh, just carry on a bit, try and get them to 7K. So, all right, all right. Got, tried to get them to 7K, still on for 30-minute pace. Tried again. He's like, just just finish, just finish. I was like, oh. 
really don't want to do this but I sort of carried on I had to let them go past me because I couldn't couldn't quite hold it um but then sort of rallied a bit and ran I think 3006 for for 10,000 I think that was the the night that uh <laughs> um we sort of discovered as like actually you're a you're definitely a distance runner distance like being able to back up a back up a 1500 and run a 30 minute 10k yeah. an hour later yeah, yeah, i think yeah. the 1500 put me about 80th in the country in rankings and the 10k put me about fifth and it's yeah. like okay. yeah i think uh this is before i'd thought about marathons properly and it's sure. like yeah i think you're a distance guy yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah okay yeah. fair yeah. enough <laughs> it's all meant to happen yeah. Right. Yeah. Three thousand meters in Sydney, uh, two thousand twelve. You ran eight oh two ninety six. Yeah. So that was um, yeah. Just moved to Sydney. Uh, sort of. I think part of a purple patch that was. Um, that was the New South Wales champs. Um, another guy in my group uh, won it. Um, I think he got just under eight. James James Nippers got just under eight minutes. I think. Um, I was running really really well at that time so i think that was 10 the zatapec 10k was the focus of that but that was a it was a good race again we had a group of us in the in ken green's group we were all trying to share share the laps to run under um run under eight minutes jeff hunt was still running well uh yeah josh wright that was in that group i think um maybe jack stapleton as well um so we were all we we're all there um, and obviously we we're racing it out and batting out between us as well um yeah. i think jeff jeff was just behind me um, I wanted to get under eight, um, just, uh, just as it, as it's always hard in that three K that sort of, uh, fifth and sixth laps. I think I just lost a, lost a little bit. Um, and then couldn't, couldn't quite, uh, couldn't quite get under it. But, um, yeah, I was, I was happy to be able to run like PBs like that. Um, I think it took about seven or eight seconds off my three K PB at that time. So, um, yeah, I was really happy with that. Mm, fantastic. Um, 5,000 meters. Um, I, 140469 down there at Albert Park in uh yeah 2015 March. Yeah. Um I wanted to get under 14. <laughs> it was a it was I was happy to get a PB. Um oh. I'd had uh um I was running really really well just before sort of new year and I picked up a a bit of a hamstring tweak actually at another 5k in Tasmania. Um I think I ran sort of 14 10ish um uh, which which lost me a few weeks, um, but um, I was happy. I was happy with that. To, you know, to be running five k PBs when I was definitely a marathon guy at that time was was good. Um, but I really wanted to get under fourteen. It was a it was a good race. I, I think I was probably sort of you know sixth or seventh or something. Um, it was a really really strong field. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, it was uh, just again just uh, I, was, I was hanging on. I remember I was a member of sort of like three k really really hanging in and then. Uh, drifted off um a little bit um and that was you know obviously happy to get a pb you've, you've always got to be but um yeah i really wanted to get under 14 that night yeah yeah 1359 is a nice looking number isn't it yep yeah it is okay ten thousand meters zatapec 2012 you ran 2840 and 83 and 0.83 yeah i think that's probably one of my strongest pbs that was um that was that may well be one of the um, you know, everything came together. I was running really well. So it was a few weeks after that, that, um, 3000 meter PB. Um, I was amazed. I was running so well, sort of six months after, I guess, moving to Sydney. Um, I was, I was flying. Um, and I actually, I think I could have run, I know Ken, my coach was saying probably could have run quicker that night. It was a windy, windy night in Melbourne, you know, what the, 
sort of Melbourne weather could be like. It was, mm-hmm. um, it was, it was a pretty breezy. But saying that, um, the, the best thing about a ten thousand meter race is if you've got a group to race with all the way round, um, it's about the best thing you can ask for. And I remember sort of uh, there was. Uh, Brett Robinson, Liam Adams, uh, Benson Lawrence went off with the, um, I think it was uh, Mika Kogo, the Kenyan guy, but then came Ben, Ben came back to the group in the last sort of two or three K. And then it was me and Ben in the last lap, uh, trying to, trying to, trying to sort of battle it out and he got the better of me. But, um, yeah, I was really, really happy with that time. That was like a minute off my PB, PB. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was, a, yeah. it so was a was big, that, big PB for me. Are you saying that was me. a third, third place finish or? Uh, yeah, third, okay, third. Yeah. Um, the Kenyan guy ran, uh, something super fast. Mm. Um, then he dropped off him, um, at, at about halfway and then came back to the group that had sort of me, Liam and Brett in it. Um, I think there was a couple others actually sort of in, in that group. Um, it broke up a little bit. Um, uh, but there's, yeah, there were a few of us around the sort of 28, 30, 35 to 28, 50 at yeah. night. It was, um, yeah, but I was third in the end. Yeah, you you would have done Zadipek, what, just about every year you were here in Sydney, or? Uh, yeah, maybe not every year. I think three three okay. or four times, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think around a couple of sort of mid-29s there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it's part of marathon build-ups. It's a great event. I, I think um, I'd put it up there as one of the, you know, the, the having the 10,000-meter the being the focus of the night is yeah. is so rare. It's so, like, yeah. 10,000 meters on the track are usually sort of these things that are the you know, bunged in the middle of other events that are pretty lonely affairs uh, yeah, that no yeah. one bothers to watch. Mm-hmm. It's 25 laps, but I remember like everyone comes onto the track. They're all in like lane four and five shouting. And this mm-hmm. is like, it is the focus of the, um, and it's got a lot of history obviously as well, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, I think it's one of the, it's, I think it's one of the best 10,000 meter races um, around the world, I reckon. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, you always know you're going to get a strong field. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, the 5K here, as I, as I found out um, when I uh, interviewed uh, Lee Troop a couple of weeks ago, uh, IAAF always just put down um, Noosa Bolt as a 5K, so that Noosa Bolt race must be registered mm. to, to come up on the IAAF profile. So you may have run quicker than this. It's got you down for a 14.26 in 2015. Uh, yeah, that might be about right on the road. Okay. Um, yep. You don't do many 5K road races. I think yep. Noosa Bolt would have been the only ones I've done. Yeah, yep, I, think sure. that's, I think that's right. Yep. Uh, another great event. Love to love the Noosa Bolt. It's yeah, um, great crowd. It's like, and it feels like a little, yeah. It feels like doing a sort of, you know, um, Formula One Grand Prix, yeah, like, like short laps. Yeah. yeah, everyone's there. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah great, it's a big great race. And again, the strong field. That there. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's brilliant. Yeah, no, it's a great little spot. Did you get time to hang out there for a bit, or? Yeah, um, I think I did it two or three times okay. and yep. spent um, weekends there. Yep. Uh, beautiful part of the world. Mm. Um, nice nice runs around the um like the um national forest there sure. and yep. uh, oh, yeah awesome place awesome place really like it yeah no it's nice right yeah your 10k um over there in manchester 2008 29 40. yeah i think i should have run faster on the road for i mean obviously it's a minute slower than my track pb um yep. Yep. that was um i was you know, as you said you know when i was back in the uk so it was um, at the time I was, I was happy with it. Um, I think I, it might be my second time under 30. It might even been my first. I can't quite remember, but that Manchester one is a, is a good one. Highly Gabriel Celeste's done that race. Um, you get a good field again. I would have been probably in the, in the, maybe even in the teens. Um, so strong, strong race, um, fast course. Um, 
so I was very happy with it at the time. I think that's before I um, um, you know, started doing marathons. I think I'd maybe thought about doing some halves around that time. Um, but uh, yeah, I always thought I and you know did a few road 10Ks when I was in Oz, and I just wasn't either wasn't fit enough or wasn't quite coming together at the time, and didn't run quicker than that. But um, still, yeah, at the time I was I was really happy with that PB. Yeah, for sure. Right, yeah, you're half marathon now. You spent a bit of time up on the Gold Coast. It was pretty friendly to you too. You got some pretty good results there in the ten and the halves. So this is this is your half PB in 2013. You went 63.59. Yeah, that was a. I was really happy with that as well. That was a great race. Um, um, you had I think Marty Dent. Um, you had a group of us. Marty Dent I think was just ahead of me, and then there was a uh, Marty Dent won it, and I think a Japanese guy got second. I think I was third for that. But again, there's a big group of us. Um, Liam Adams is in that group. Um, there were a few others, a few internationals. I think um, it was a race where I knew I was. I knew I was in PB shape. Um, getting under 64 was uh, was awesome, and actually that turned out to be the uh, the qualifier for the World Half Champs was 64 minutes. So I absolutely crept under that under yeah, that 64 okay. minute mark, which sure. turned out to be great. Um, yeah, yeah. But that was a that was a race where I was running really, really well. Um, uh, had a really, really sort of good, good battle. Wanted, wanted to get the win, um, but uh, Muddy Dent was, was was too strong in the end. But again, I was in a race right until the last two hundred meters, and then at a half, that's just what you want. You spend so many halves where you're on your own for five miles or so yeah, sure. um, of the of the thirty. So, um, and again, like pancake flat place um, yeah, yeah. in Gold Coast. I remember it's an early start. Um, I remember that. I think it's like super early, like maybe like five a.m. or six a.m. or something. Um, but the sun's coming up just as you finish, um, and it's it's always nice getting the the races done at by seven a.m. or something like that. Um, and then you, then you can then you can just relax for the day. Uh, but yeah, I was happy with that PB. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now I'll move on to your marathon soon, but um, you you didn't ever get around to running the marathon there. No, I didn't actually. Um, I, I I think um. I, it got really strong that that gold label marathon there. I think I considered it in a couple of years. I think uh, either the time of the year just wasn't wasn't right, um, uh, or I'd or I'd selected another one. I think when you do marathons, it's it's always about the you, know, you only do you know can only do a couple right in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about the timing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you, you know you're thinking about what you know uh, when you want to run that run that race. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, that's something where. Um, I just Gold Coast just never quite um, sort of fitted, um, yep, yep. but it's a yeah, it's a it's a great race, great course. Yep, yep, for sure. Right, yeah, your marathon um, over in Fukuoka, two thousand thirteen, two fifteen fifty two. Yeah, that was a. I, I'm, I'm happy with the PB, but I remember I was really battling that last <laughs> that last seven or eight k. That was one of those, and you know, people who run marathons would definitely experience this. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of weird things about that race. Firstly, I mean, I went through halfway feeling really good, feeling like I was holding back, feeling like, you know, and I think I went through maybe 66 something. So, um, you know, on for a, a 2.14 or a 2.13 something. And then I started to, you know, I was like, hold back. Don't, I've made mistakes of feeling good at halfway and just picking it up a little bit. Um, I kept it steady, kept it steady. And as I got to um, 30K, it's like, I'm still feeling good. Okay, I could maybe start to think about, um, you know, picking up a little bit and then i got to 33 and it's like oh that you know starting to starting to slow and then it's just damage control from there on in i remember sort of you know getting to the last k is like oh I don't, you know i think it was a minute pb at the time just thinking 
I hope I can cover this last kilometer just to get a PB. Um, It was a, it was a real battle. And the other thing with like Japanese marathons as well, like you look at the, you'll always look at the times and you'll see at the end, like, Oh, there'll be loads of people running about the same time as me, but they're, they're not. So like the whole race I was running solo because the Japanese go off at the front. Mm. They're all going off at 208 pace or, you know, whatever the leaders are going off at. Um, And then they're coming back, but you either go straight past them or, you know, you're just finishing with them. So it's a, it was one of those races where I just set off at my time that I wanted to run at the, you know, the PB pace, but I was running the whole thing basically solo. And yeah, I just remember that last few K being such a struggle, but, uh, Still, it was a you know, minute PB. That's that was. Yeah. Um, I was happy with that. I think. Right. Yeah, I yeah. always think I should have run faster. I think if you mm. look at my 10k and my half times, um, mm. um, you know, probably should have been a couple of minutes quicker over the marathon. I just uh, just didn't, you know, so many things that can can happen in um, and either marathon was just um, not quite. Maybe it was a bit not quite my distance. Maybe I was a mm. bit better at the shorter stuff, or I just didn't didn't get the. Um, you know the perfect day either way um as he said 215 yeah uh I, you know I'm, I'm still happy with that yeah i mean you're right i was sort of looking through some of your half results and uh there was a lot of uh 64s in there and that mm. so um yeah you know you sort of do the calculus. i mean generally yeah i mean uh, it's probably different for you fast guys but generally you know double a half and at about seven so you're not far off if you're running 64s yeah. you know what i mean so yeah yeah Right, yeah, yep, your time in too. Sydney, mate. Who were you hanging out there? Were you were you racing with Sydney Uni, or who? What what group were you training with? And uh, so I ran with I ran for um, ran with Botany, um, but um, it was Ken Green's group that I was that I was training with. So um, it's actually a, it's another Aussie guy that I know. There was a runner that sort of put me in touch with him um, when I moved. Uh, it was a weird time, sort of when I moved as well. It was just after 2012. I'd um, dropped out the london olympic trial london marathon and it was i moved with work had had an opportunity to move it was um and i wasn't even sure if i was you know still going to run properly i was mm. like you know moving let's see how this goes um i was really unfit when i landed in sydney in sort of middle of the year sort of well about may 2012 it was so it's just after mm. london marathon um but got in with this group and it was uh the, one of one of the best things ever like it was a there's a high quality group. Um, the guys in it were great. He had sort of Jeff Hunt, Jeremy Roth, like said so James Nipparis, Brad Milosevic, um, and 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 others. Like it was a big group. Um, mm. And you know, on on any, I would train with them probably every Saturday and Sunday, and then a, a session with them in the week. Mm. Um, Is that through Centennial was, Park? Is that where you guys were training? Yeah, 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 around Centennial Park. Um, uh, so we do that every Saturday and Sunday. Um, so we do reps on the Saturdays. So we'd either be doing hills or, um, you know, just running around the white fence um, or, or grass loops. Like loads of different types of sessions. It was yeah. awesome for Centennial yeah. Park. Was amazing for running. Yeah. What about um, track? Yeah. Uh, AS marks or anything like that? Or? Uh, yeah. Towards the end. So we were yeah. we were at the um, Olympic Stadium. I remember for the okay. first couple of years yeah. um, training up there. I think ES marks um, they then opened up, and so definitely the last year or two. Um, we were yeah, running around ES Marks, which mm. is um, by the, you know, um, by in Ramwick, um, yeah, sort yeah. of by the golf courses there. It was mm. a bit more convenient than, than getting up to the mm. um, Olympic Park. Yep. So you were um, living in, in the in the city, or? Yeah, I was living in Darlinghurst. Okay. Um, yep. So, right in the middle. Um, so still great for running. I was near the um, botanical gardens and running around there. You could obviously run around the the water around there. Three mm. K from Centennial Park. So really easy 
um, jog up to the park and then do lots of running around there. I mean, Sydney is an amazing place to to run around. The weather's good. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I really, really loved sort of living and running in, in Sydney. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, and we'll just go back. When you came over at uh, that time, whereabouts did you come from? Like London or...? Yeah, I was. I lived in London, um, sort of after university. So yep. I sort of did a PhD at uni. So I was at uni quite a while. So, but then I moved to London. I was there about seven years or so, I think. Okay. Um, uh, London was. So I didn't really have a group in London when I was running there. So I'd jump in with other groups, sort of occasionally. But a lot of it was getting the, the training done by myself, or you know, trying to hook up with someone on for for an occasional session or a run. Um, but yeah, came from came from London. Um, London's good for running but again obviously the weather's not as good it's a lot of it's a it's a big city um it doesn't uh it has the, it has a few parks but i did a little bit most of my running on the canals actually it's um got loads of canals so i just run a lot on the canals um which are great for sort of uh flat uh long sessions and and, and so on um but yeah london's harder to navigate around it's a bigger city than sydney um mm-hmm. But uh, so it's still got into good shape. Still, probably yeah. um, there were times when I was in the best shape of my life, as you know, in in London as well. Yeah. Um, but different, didn't have that group dynamic that I had in Sydney. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was, that was, yeah, just just had to sort of improvise a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Sort of looking at your career, um, uh, you probably will agree that you know probably your best career period was those years that you spent over here in Sydney. I mean, a lot of your PBs are there, and. Um, yeah, there's some fine running done by you during that time. Was there any reason why it sort of aligned all the stars and planets? Like, is it was it just that group dynamic you talked about? Was it the weather where you ever like had more time to train? Or yeah, it's a it's a, it's a really good question, um, and I don't think I've got a definite answer. I think definitely the group yep. um, is a, is a big part of it. Yep. Um, I think were you especially. Happier? You know what I mean? You just feel like you were just. I think just pushed harder, just okay. pushed harder in training. Right, yeah. um, I think when you're running on your own and you're trying to get the big sessions done, um, it's it's a bit more of a battle. Um, you, you know, it's easy to um, allow yourself to back off a little bit. Um, you know, some of the reasons, as you know, when you're going through a hard session, there's a whole load of reasons. Mm. Um, you know, when you, you're just not feeling it, um, so you might say, oh, "I'll do a few." fewer reps today or i'll just back off for this middle part of the session because i'm struggling when you're in a group you can just sit in there um mm. so when you get those bad days um you've got people to run with and you you, you just focus on being a bit more competitive you know just yeah, yeah the yeah. times in training will be faster um so i think that's a that's a good part and and also it, you know takes your mind or i think you you know you're in your own head a lot as a runner mm. so when you're going out and training a lot on your own Mm. um you're thinking about you know how's your training going you're thinking about whether the pace is right it's you know you, you can overthink it a lot um and i think in a group it takes some of that away yeah um, so you, you know you're chatting to people on your long runs and you're yeah. just you know getting the training done yeah um the, the training itself wasn't so i switched coaches when i moved um the training itself wasn't massively different it was the same sort of stuff that um that i'd done before um both ken and nick anderson my coach in the uk people that sort of you know keep it pretty simple um it's about getting the training done it's about the consistency um you don't need to you know complicate it too much it's about getting miles done as a, as a marathon runner and um you know and then a couple of sessions a week it was the same structure really yeah. um but yeah. yeah i think um i think partly anytime that you run well it's about not being injured um so i think i you know i did 
quite well there. But uh, yeah, I think if there's one thing that was the biggest difference, it was having a group to train with a few times a week mm. um, and just push, push me that, that bit harder than I was probably managing to do when I was doing a lot of the training on my own. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, um, 2013, you've, uh, you won the City to Surf. You, um, you sort of uh, put a run to Liam Adams, um, chance of getting three in a row there. Uh, so you, you won it in 41.48, and uh, Liam was just behind in 42.03. So, um, yeah, tell us about that, mate. That must have been fantastic. I mean, it's such a huge race, especially when you're living in Sydney. Yeah, it was amazing. I think it was, I mean, I probably put that up there as one of my you know, best days, to be honest. Um, yeah. Uh, when I, you know, when I moved over, I mean, it's a, it is a, I mean, it's a fun run, right? It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a not, it's not a distance that, that means anything, but it's an amazing race. As mm-hmm. I said, going from point to point, you start in the city and you end up at Bondi Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I lived on the course basically, sort of, you know, people would, before the race, people would come around to my flat and we'd jog down there and I lived a kilometer from the start. Okay. Um, but I remember, uh, I was in you know, really, really good shape, um, at that time, um, obviously, um, really sort of thought that I had a pretty good chance um, to win. I think I, I think it's a few weeks after that um, 63, 58 half, um, where I'd you know I'd got the better of Liam there as well, so I knew I could beat him. I think it's you know I'd, I'd be the first to say that when he's um, in his best shape, um, he's you know he's a better runner than that. I think he was I think he was um, struggling with a big marathon load at that time, uh, but he's you know even on a, even on an average day he's a super strong guy uh to race against um and i just remember that like, sort of me and him were at the front pretty early um and it was going to be between the two of us um and i was again like try not to say like, okay when you make a move make sure it's a a solid move you don't want him sitting on you this is something that i've you know, always been a victim of in my mm. my career is i let people sit on me i let them sort of um you know i i try i do too much work at the front so i was trying not to but as soon as we hit heartbreak hill i was just you know, naturally, I guess, easing away, um, you know, the hill gives you a bit of a, bit of a challenge. Um, and I've realized that there was a, you know, sensing a bit of a gap. It's like, okay, got to go, um, just get up the hill. Uh, and then I was like, do not let him get back on you. And I sort of, I was working really, really hard to try and put a bit of a gap in. Um, and I think I got a sort of 15, maybe 20 second gap at that point. And then he hit the sort of last two or three K coming down. And I think he caught me a bit coming down that, um, that really, really steep downhill. Cause I remember people in the crowd, all of a sudden I could hear them shouting for Liam as well, with like a kilometer to go. And I just remember, I don't think I've ever worked so hard in the final K of a race. I just remember it's like, no way, mm. there's no way I'm like letting him get back on me at this point. It's just not happening. I knew that, um, you know, my friends would be on by the finish line, by the course. Um, I was like, this is just like, I've got to, got to sort of not let him, I don't want this to come down to a sprint finish. I'm not a, I'm not great in a sprint finish. Mm. Um, it's like, it just can't happen. So I remember when you get to that middle turnaround with 400 to go and I could just have a look and I could say, okay, as you said, it was about 15 seconds or 10 seconds or so, I think, um, yeah, yeah. in the end. Um, so it's like, I've got enough. Uh, but yeah, that was, it was amazing. It's, it's an amazing event. Um, so like everyone's, you know, out to, out to watch, um, I remember sort of had a pretty sort of a bit of a impromptu party back at mine after that as well, which mm. made the Monday going going to work on a Monday a little bit harder. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it was I'd put that up there with one of my most memorable memorable races. Definitely, I didn't win many big big events, um, yeah. so that's yeah. um, to get a win there was um, it was fantastic. Yeah, I yeah. loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what did you pick up for that win? Uh, so that one was business class 
flights to South America, which was awesome. So I went okay. to Bolivia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I know that um, you know they don't they don't give cash. Well, they didn't mm. um, to the winners. So it'd be sponsors. Um, mm. So um, so it was a um, South American airline. I can't remember the name of it now, actually. Um, mm. I think it might be Latam um, that uh, that put up the the first prize, and it was business class um, flights, which is mm. a pretty pretty good prize. Um, mm. So ended up going to uh, Bolivia and I think Chile or something the following year. Mm. Um, so yeah, pretty pretty decent price. I think it can be a little bit hit and miss. I think some some years are better than others for the yeah for, for the prize there. But that was a good one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's good to get your name on that honor roll, mate. And there's some um, some champions yeah. on that on that roll, mate. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I remember people actually sort of saying, "Go for the course record. Go for the course record." I know that course record is very very safe um yeah, <laughs> i think tough. you know mona had it at the time i think harry's got it since but mona had it it's like there's no way i'm touching whatever 40 minutes yeah it's not happening <laughs> yeah no harry yeah, harry, did. harry didn't he missed out by two seconds um it was a bit oh, did he? Yeah, yeah yeah it was a bit on off whether he had it when he didn't it was about gun time and start time and all the rest of it that's yeah. right i remember now that's yeah, right yeah so they gave him 40.05 but um i reckon harry will fire up and come back and get that yeah for sure mm. Um, all right. Now, was your first big city marathon, like, I'm obviously just going off IAAF, but they got you down there in Amsterdam 2008. You ran 2.20, Was that actually your first first marathon? It was. Yeah, it was the first marathon. So I did a couple in Europe. Um, uh, it was a decent first marathon, I think. Um, uh, at the time, uh, I wasn't running as well, you know, I wasn't as strong Um as I, as I got later on. Um, um, and I found the first, I found the training load for the first marathon or couple marathons hard. Mm. Um, so I think my, I think I was still adapting to being able to cope with marathon training. I mm. remember always being tired. Um, everything just felt like, um, it, you know, I was really, really sort of battling through it. And mm. when I got stronger as a marathon runner later, I could mm. cope with the training and mm. obviously you get tired days where, you know, you just, you just knackered, but, you know a lot of the time it also felt like it was reasonably comfortable um mm. and i could deal with it but yeah mm. the first one was in in amsterdam i think uh i think i was aiming for about 220 i think i went through in 70 and like um and tried to you know felt okay thought i'd pick it up and then was battling <laughs> so i remember i probably lost you know two or three minutes in the last last 10k mm. um but uh it's you know chose amsterdam it's dead flat obviously it's mm. famous for being flat um it's a uh, um it's a pretty good race to do um but yeah my memories of amsterdam are just that last few k just sort of saying okay just finish now just got to get a just got to get a, a time on the board yeah um, i learned from that race that um you know the marathons uh all about that last sort of five to ten k yeah. and you can go through halfway feeling pretty good but yeah. um you know it, it can come out of nowhere um oh. it's a different sort of fatigue that look you know in in any other race you sort of know if you're going a bit too hard you, you can sense if you're going to be able to hold it or not yeah in a marathon you can't you can you think you're going to be comfortable you think you're feeling great you can hold it there's you know something can just and it happens quickly when it yeah. happens as well so that yeah. you know you, you're always got to be even more conservative than you think you need to be um to because that last um five ten k a lot can go wrong um and amsterdam it, it wasn't like it went really really wrong but uh, yeah i lost lost a couple of minutes there yeah yeah now when you said you, you know you, you found it tough stepping up doing the marathons with with that um sort of fatigue that residual fatigue that you carry throughout the days and, and the weeks 
was that did you start running doubles or you just increased your mileage or, or what was it that was it had you always run doubles or was the fact that you started to run doubles or, or what was it just the increased mileage yeah increased mileage i'd always yeah. done I've, I've been doing doubles for a while yeah. um so it wasn't so much that but i think it's the uh it was the extra miles and the and i guess the lot the you know the runs are longer yeah, yeah. um so the longer runs on a sunday the longer sessions um so instead of doing you know six times a k it was like right we're going to do four times 10 minutes these sort of things yeah, yeah. Okay. um yeah. Um, I mean, I was still working, so I, w I was always working and running. So I was sort of running into work or, you know, running in and home from work. Um, but the working day wasn't that long. It's not like I was working really long hours. Mm. But yeah, I think it was the that extra mileage. Um, and I guess as a, I was probably trying to do 100 mile weeks. Mm. Uh, I was 160 Ks a week. Mm. And I'd probably move that up from sort of 75, 80. Um, yeah. uh, you know, so it's a, it's a you know, sort of another another sort of um that's miles a week sorry so yeah up from about 130 140 k's a week to about 160 yep. the old 170 so mm. it was just the yeah just that extra mileage felt and i was probably in my, i mean i was in my sort of mid to late 20s i guess then it was just uh it took a couple of those cycles of marathon mm. training before yep. i could really cope with it yep, yeah yep. following you off to florence 221 14 2009 yeah, I think I mean similar story. I think mm. um, I, uh, I was it was one of those where you thought I should run a little bit quicker. Um, Florence, um, it, to be honest, it's I remember really little of that of that race. In fact, the one thing I remember um, is is just a, um, I guess a slightly embarrassing thing about it is that I remember they were they were holding us for ages on the day, mm. so it was raining at the start and they're holding, and so I'm just drinking water nervously. So mm. I just keep drinking water, keep drinking water. You know, like was, you always get um, you know when you're warming up for a race, you're sipping water all the time. So I'm just mm. sipping this water, waiting for I can't remember why the start was delayed, um, but anyway, I sort of went off and I didn't didn't feel great from the start. Just like it was one of those go, this should feel easier. This doesn't feel amazing. Um, I think the only thing of note, really, I mean, it was a PB, um, so, but it should have been a more significant PB. But I think the only thing of note is because I've been drinking so much damn water before the race. I got about 10 minutes in. It's like, I really need the toilet. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm not going to stop. I can't stop for a minute. So I was like, I guess I'm just going to let it go while I run then. Sure. <laughs> so yeah. It's like, it's, it's raining easy, anyway. It's not easy to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's, it is, it's actually remarkably hard to do. It's, it's a like, skill. I, skill. Like, I can't. It's like I'm thinking, you know, I can't, I, I can't stop. I'm carrying probably what is an extra of whatever 500 grams of, of mm. water. It's like I've just got to. It's like mm. it's raining anyway. It makes no difference. Mm. Just mm. do it. It's like right, that's it. But yeah, um, left, left shoe I, or again, right shoe? <laughs> uh, I think everywhere. I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was lucky that I didn't get really bad shapeage from it. To be honest, so that was yeah, that yeah. was lucky. Yeah. I'd obviously vaselined up well, um, sure. but. Yep. Yeah, it was a PB, but um, it was one of those. I go, ah, yeah. you know, unremarkable race. Didn't feel great. Didn't yep. come together for me. Mm. Um, and then sort of finished and was like, right, bit annoying. On to yep. the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was 2010. And uh, yeah, nice big jump here. You're a 216 boy. So 2010 London, 11th place, 216.46. So that must have been huge. Yeah, and I think that was, it, it was huge. And I think that sort of 2010 was um, the year that it started to come together. Um, I actually, I made a decision at the beginning of 2010. So I was one of those people that used to go out and 
you know, have a few drinks with my friends and I would, you know, still get the training done, but you know, I might wake up and be like, oh, okay. And probably had a, you know, feel a little bit dusty or whatever, but mm. I'd still get it done. Um, mm. And I sort of, but I was starting to think that, you know, it's worth giving up some of this other stuff, sleep better, don't drink, um, focus on it a little bit more and see how, how good you can be. Um, so I, uh, did a couple of training trips, so I took some time off work. Uh, they, I think work was good. They allowed me to work sort of from abroad as well. So I went to Portugal for three weeks and trained with a guy called Tom Payne, who was coached by the same coach as me, and he did London as well. He's a really good marathon runner. Um, and so I just, just, um, you know, just cared a bit more. Just gave it, you know, gave it a proper crack. Um, training was. I've noticed the difference in the training build-up. It's like the things I was doing in training and how I felt doing them was just definitely a step up. So I, I ran a half marathon PB in the build-up in, in the Hague, sort of 64.30 something, I think, um, uh, which was about a minute PB over the half for me. So it's like I knew things were going well. And London um, that day, like it was, it was trials for the Commonwealth Games later, or maybe not the trial, but the, a lot of the Brits were going for, you know, the, the qualifying times and the mm. European champs that year. Mm. Um, so I knew I had to run about, I think 218 was sort of the time that, um, had to get under. And it was one of those, I mean, I'd struggled a little bit in the last sort of few K, but it was one of those where I was holding back the whole race, sort of, there was a group of people like, um, Lee Merrion, who went to the 2012 Olympics, there was a group of four or five of us. We had a pacer for our group. Um, the good thing about you know being British and doing London is obviously the the good guys are going off and running. You know the elites are going off and running 203s, 204s there. Um, but they've got paces for some of the British groups that matter. So mm. we've got a couple of paces going at I think we asked for 216 pace or something, 217 pace, something like that. And he just sat there and it just I remember getting to 10 miles halfway. It's like this feels so easy. Mm. Um, and I was still was trying to hold back, um, got to 20, so about 20 miles and then started to pull away from the group I was in. It's like, now I'm going to, you know, this still feels good. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go now. Um, and it was again, one of those where you feel great. And then all of a sudden about 35 K out of nowhere. It's like, Ooh, okay. Struggling a little bit, but, uh, held on pretty well. Um, yeah. and I was, I think I was second Brit that day which meant i qualified for the european champs so which yeah. is my first great britain mm. um i was one of those people that wasn't great as a junior i got a lot better um as as i got older my first proper um well my first great britain vest um mm. also qualified me for the commonwealth games that year so i did another two marathons that year yeah so, that was so, like a real big step yeah european championships barcelona like you said 227.08 um and yeah, Delhi Com Games, two twenty four, thirty four, finishing eleventh. So um, yeah, they, I mean, were, they were battles. they would have been hot days. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I think Barcelona, um, just as you said, two twenty seven, and it was, it was like a battlefield out there. I remember. Mm. I mean, I picked up places in the second half. I went through halfway in seventy, um, and I was struggling from then on. Like mm. I remember, like it wasn't long after going through halfway that I started to feel like okay. It's just get around this. Um, but I was picking up places. It was so hot. It started at about 10 a.m., 11 a.m. Because, um, you know, Spanish don't like to get up early. So it started early. I started like, you know, close to midday. It was roasting hot in, I think, August, something like that. And I remember that was probably the hardest experience I've had. Um, I was just trying to finish. I was just, I know it was, it was so hard 
that I'd, I was out of being competitive. I was just like, I was counting to pass time in my head. I thought, I've just got to finish. I'll have a decent position if I finish. Uh, I think I was in the 20s, 22nd, I think, something like that. Um, um, but I think I went through, uh, no, it's a big field, the European champs. There would have been probably 100 or so in the race. Mm. Um, I think you can have, and you could actually have five or six per country. Um, so there was a team event to it as well. Um, so Britain had four or five in the race, I think. I think they had four. Um, so yeah, it was a big field, but I just remember it being so hot and that second half. And then I was, you know, and then Delhi again, similar. So, um, I remember, you know, in the lead up people saying, you know, there might not even be, um, you know, there might not even be 10 finishes in the race for Delhi. It started at, at least it started at a decent time. It started pretty early, um, 6am, something like that, but it was hot and and Delhi was, I think one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had in a, in a, in a, in a race. It's just like, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a champs, right? So it's like, you think Commonwealth games, huge championships. Um, but Delhi had had its issues in the build up. There were people saying whether the village is going to be ready or whatever. Um, and people were getting, um, Delhi belly. So people were getting food sickness. So the, um, the UK held their training camp in Qatar, which is not suited for distance runners. I mean, Qatar, it's in the, you know, the middle of the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember sort of saying, I couldn't, I could barely run. I could barely run there. Like you had to run um, in the evenings. Um, it was just horrible. Um, so part, part of it was to adapt to the temperature, but it was too hot. It didn't really matter in the week for a build up to a race. So I was just getting easy runs done. Couldn't do much more than that um, because it was just horrible to, uh, to run around. There was one little park that we could, you know, could actually run because the rest of it was just on the roads and pavements and then so they flew us in at the last minute and the commonwealth game uh, sorry the marathon was on the last day of the mm. of the games so we got there late i was in in the village for two days no spectators for the race they were worried about security so the race itself was like 25 of us just running up and down a road no one watching <laughs> boiling hot mm. um and it was like a it was like an out and back course so you would just see your competitors running back and forth and then it would just stop it didn't finish in the stadium it just stopped on a line in the road i remember seeing (laughs) monkeys monkeys on the course stray dogs i was like it was just so it was underwhelming like you know when you see you know the uh the european champs was a was a big champs commonwealth games feels like a bigger thing and i just remember sort of finishing the race no one there it was the last day so we all flew home that night and didn't really get to enjoy the you know the experience almost too much there was i remember the, the village had run out of alcohol so we got back and we're just like well we just sit around until we fly home later tonight really weird mm. <laughs> really really weird but yeah another mm. hot one as you said 224 mm. i think actually that was dead even for me i think i ran 72 72 okay. so I, I i was super conservative um but the second half was still still really hard um yeah. it was yeah two hot two hot marathons um that 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 year obviously it was it was amazing to get the the british vest that was that was a huge thing for me Appreciate but they were yeah they were they were hard races yeah yeah now um there's no marathon results down here for 2011 and 12 now obviously with london having the olympics in 12 what's what's the story behind that <laughs> yeah that's a there is a story. It's a good, it's a good okay. question. Yeah. I did start the uh, the London Marathon in 2012. I did not finish it. Okay. Um, 
it's a bit of a it's an interesting one actually so with it being olympic year obviously it was in uk that year um i you know like okay i've got a you know i've got a, i've got a chance i'd run 216 in 2010 to um in 2011 i actually was in amazing shape but got injured um so i was in training i was probably in i was doing you know big big marathon training runs that's better than i'd done before um, but got injured so that was why there was nothing then and then in 2012 um so i took loads of time off work to actually train properly for for it um so i went to kenya did a month there um i did another three weeks or two weeks in portugal um so i was again trying to trying to go to that next step i was trying mm. to train that a little bit harder do that mm. do that a little bit more um and to be honest it was it's a, it's a weird one like i i was i think i learned that i couldn't be a professional athlete the amount when all you have to focus on um and i was about to move to australia so i didn't have a job at this time i just stopped work when the only thing i had to focus on was running it just didn't work for me i was mm. I, like going into the actual race i'd had a I'd had a decent build up i don't think I've, it wasn't as good as i thought it should be but i was you know i'd done the training um but i remember um sort of you know almost i had a, i got a small injury and i was actually at the time it happened it was like oh i hope this means i don't have to do london like that was my initial mm. thing that went in my head which is weird right mm. it's it's I, I put so much pressure on or there'd been so much focus on just doing this that it was mentally i was finding it hard um and it was and the actual race itself it just didn't happen like mm. i you had to i had to I would have to run a pb i'd have to run probably 213 214 they'd set a qualifying time at 212 but i thought that they might take people that didn't get the qualifying time because no one was going to get it in the uk at that time yeah. Um, or very, very few. I think maybe one guy got it. Scott Overall might have got it, I think. But they did take 213, 214 guys. Um, so I was trying to run a PB, but I just remember not feeling it on the day. I got to um, got to 10K and I was already starting to know that this pace wasn't going to work out for me. Um, got to halfway and then basically got to 30K and sort of had a had a bit of a tantrum, stopped, yeah. stood, got off the course, <laughs> walked back to the hotel. Mm. and that was it but yeah it was a it was a bit of a weird yeah. time i don't know if it was the mental side of it whether it's just one of those things it wasn't wasn't building up but uh yeah it was my yeah uh my only marathon dnf um so the, the, was, the pressure that, uh, that you were talking about you said um you know you got that injury and you you felt that uh or sort of like uh it may be a good thing because then then you don't actually have to go and race that that pressure was that pressure that you felt you'd put on yourself or pressure of expectations because you'd pretty much trained full time, done the, done the Kenyan gig, um, that people were expecting more from you or? Uh, I think it was all from me. So I think yeah. it wasn't, yeah, I think I had expectations that I would be able to run better. I'd run better mm. than the 216 I'd run. Um, and I think it was because that was the only thing. I mean, obviously, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, you know, you've got a chance of making the Olympics. That's amazing. Mm. Um, but I think it was, it was my focus um and it was it was that was that was all i had that was all yeah, i was yeah. doing yeah, yeah. um so you yeah. know i was when you haven't got anything else to do during the day but think about running um yeah. I, I didn't overtrain. i don't think yeah um i trained a bit more but it was you know i was trying to do more um, or everything else i was trying to do more of more physio more um core mm. work and gym work mm. more resting but yeah it was the yeah it was just the pressure of 
this is it. This is yeah. I've got to deliver on this because um, this is what I've been, you know, training so hard for for the last yeah. six months or so. Yeah. Um, and I just, yeah, just uh, found it found it really hard. Yeah, I think that that discussion's come up a fair bit um, when I've been interviewing athletes, and, and I hear about it uh, about how they would, you know, as you know, a lot of them have have worked in in, in history of marathon running, and a lot of the champs have worked full time jobs, and a lot of them do work 20 hours or some of them like Liam works, you know, crazy hours and a lot of other blokes around the world mm. working crazy hours. And they just find, like you said, it's a way to shut off and, and forget about running and sort of, you know, start thinking about something else. Um, although it's a frantic life and uh, it's it's a crazy world to be training before and after work. But I think it's just a way to, to, to shut off and not be so obsessed just, just with running. So like I said, maybe some marathon runners are better off working whilst they're doing their training just for that, for that reason yeah and i think for me that was mm. um i think that's true yeah yeah yep. definitely definitely the case when it was yep. something else because actually then running was a a release running was cool yep. right i've got to go and get this done as you said sometimes mm. trying to fit it in was um really challenging it's a lot sometimes it's the last thing you want to go and do is get this mm. big run done when you've had a, mm. you know, a long day at work or whatever but mm. overall it was something which was another part of me, another side. It wasn't my be all and end all. It was, um, you know, it was a thing I wanted to do rather than it was the only thing I did. Yeah, yeah. So that that yeah. that thirty uh, k DNF London that was two thousand eleven. What what happened in two thousand twelve? Oh, that was no, that was twenty twelve. Oh, that, that was twenty twelve. That gotcha. one. So and yeah, that, yeah, right here. Gotcha. Twenty eleven. Um, I got a um, not a stress fracture, but sort of. Um, sort of the precursors to it um so a stress reaction mm. um so 2011 i was running really well uh, mm. but just i was going to do london mm. uh but had a had an issue had to take a few weeks off mm. um and then missed miss london um, and i think i had then a few other issues coming back so i was mm. um i uh, spent quite a lot of 2011 sort of out of action mm. um, you're living in sort Sydney of got... in 2011 aren't you yeah uh no i'm in london still 2011 i moved oh, in okay, 2012 yeah, to sydney sorry yeah sorry. Yes, yep. so it's, i moved to sydney just after the london marathon 2012 actually yeah yep, um okay. so that, that's when i moved yeah so you got to go and watch some of the games i didn't actually so i just moved to <laughs> it, it seems a bit weird but i'd um i just moved to sydney so oh, okay. and then yeah yep. uh so before the Olympic Games, I moved in May. Um, the Olympic right. Games were, I guess, August. Um, okay. yeah. So it was the one time they were actually in the UK was the time that I decided to go and move to the other side of the world. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't get to see any of them. So I was one of those people getting up at 2 a.m. to watch mm-hmm. Mo mm-hmm. Win, his, win his gold, sort of, you know, yep. watching it on my laptop in the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is, as a, as a, you know, being in Oz, that's the, one of the, one of the worst things is that most of these big championships are always on the other side of the world and you've got yeah. the time zone issue. Yeah. Did I've you know suffered any, with that any, a lot. Any GB athletes who um, picked up medals at, at, at the Olympics? Personally, did you um, know any? So maybe not that well. I mean, I trained mm. with Mo. Um, so mm. I'd done, uh, in 2010, I did a training camp with Mo Farah and, and others, like a you know, UK athletics training camp. Mm. So mm. I, I, knew him, I knew him well enough, but um, mm. Not, mm. not super close. Mm. um lee merion was running in the marion uh sorry lee merion was running in the marathon didn't get a medal uh but ran really well um he, i was uh, trained with him quite a lot um mm. i'd actually been over to his place in guernsey he lives in uh, guernsey channel islands of the uk um mm. so i've been to his place and done some done some runs with him so 
it was awesome watching him. But um, yeah, I didn't know any of the medal. I mean, UK picked up the didn't pick up many distance medals. Obviously, it was mm. just Mo. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we picked up a few in the in the field events. Mm. Um, but yeah, these are people that I I might have you know said hello to once or twice. Yeah, um, but it yeah. wasn't yeah not 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 best mates. Yeah, it was it was successful games. Uh, yeah, uh, for GB, I mean, you guys cleaned up in cycling. Um, obviously, invested mm. a lot of money into that for a long time, so that was great. And uh, the Branley brothers picking up some medals in the triathlon, that was good. Yeah, they, those guys are amazing. They're immense. Yeah, those guys can run. You know, people say triathletes can't run. <laughs> those mm. guys can run. <laughs> yeah, definitely can. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, two thousand and actually, let's let's touch on Kenya before we move on. How long were you there mm. for? And uh, yeah, just just run us through that. It was it was amazing. Um, so I was there a month or so, uh, and it was a period when a lot of Brits had started going out there. Um, uh, I didn't go. Um, so UK Athletics were doing some. Uh, structured ones I wanted to choose my time I wanted to go so I sort of organized it myself um, and I mentioned Tom Payne um, previously that I've been training with he moved out there so he'd um, it didn't quite work out for him at a marathon level um, but he said right I- I'm going to move to Kenya um, mm. sort of like the you know the Robertson twins he was like if I move to Kenya this is I'm going to live that lifestyle that's going to be the thing which makes me uh, you know for him he wanted to be uh, Olympic you yeah. know it was his 2012 thing um so i um got in contact with him and just he found me at like a bed and breakfast place um so i was cooking for myself and there's a few other just runners um or people that wanted to um you know not necessarily elite runners but people that wanted to experience it Mm. it was i mean it's it was an incredible i look back on it it was an incredible place to just go and experience the the lifestyle and what running means there so Mm. this was up in eldoret um Mm. so um you know, running in the in the Rift Valley there. It's amazing running. I mean, mm. it's rolling dirt roads. Um, the altitude is challenging. I've mm. done, I did probably some of the hardest runs there, but some of the, th- like, I think, I guess the way to sum it up is you'll be, um, you'll turn up for a run and say, hey, oh, you know, all these guys meet at 7 a.m. at this time, just turn up and there'll be a group. And there's a group of 200. I remember doing, um, they do this fartlek session um, and it's, chaos like there's Mm. 200 of them they're all going nuts i remember just sort of sitting at the back it's altitude i'm trying to take things easy um and it's just going absolutely mental but then people will be dropping out so because they're trying to prove themselves they all want to be at the front so Mm. you know after a while i'm sort of moving through there's people stepping off at the sides but i'm still like i look up and there's 80 people in front of me and these Mm. are just you know this is just a, a selection of some of the some of the runners they have there's still 80 guys ahead of me running this fartlek and it was like two minutes on i think one minute off and i got to about and it's for an hour so we're supposed mm. to do an hour of it i remember getting to about 35 minutes and i was like well now i'm just running like i can't do hard and like on or off yep. it's it's hilly i'm mm. i'm just trying to run to the end now so i was just running i guess hard and that i remember like curling up on the sofa after that run and just sort of you know with a with a blanket on just to <laughs> try and recover from that mm. um but yeah it was a it um there was it was it was an amazing experience like it's mm. just seeing the way they live their life just seeing what running means you, you know no one goes for a jog everyone is an, an elite runner mm. um you go to the track um and there's you know you know 50 people on the track running incredible sessions um uh, and it's you know, and it's beautiful like you're in you're in the top of a you know mountain mm. mountain valley just mm. running in the countryside 
Is that, is that um, just a dirt track and they're running in bare feet or yeah. wearing shoes? Or... A mix. Yeah, it could be yeah. bare feet, it could be shoes. Most of them have got um, have got shoes, but yeah, I mean, there's, you know, but also there'll be someone who will start running next to you and they're wearing shirts and trousers and, mm. you know, black shoes. Yeah, yeah, like there'll yeah. just be someone who's like, oh, you're running? I'm just going to run with you. It's, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which yeah. is at the time, it's like, it's, it's a bit of a hit to the ego. Like, you, know, yeah, you yeah. think you're an actual proper runner and some yeah, random yeah. guy on the street yeah. is just as good. 64 um, second 400s, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it was awesome. I don't, I never really worked out if altitude worked for me or yeah. not. Um, mm, mm. I did altitude a couple of times. Um, I mean, I did Falls Creek a couple of times as well, and which is not not really sort of high altitude; it's sort of mid. Um, but it, I never did it for more than three or four weeks at a time. But uh, I wasn't one of those people that I came down to sea level and I ran an idiot PB. Um, so I wasn't sure if it worked for me. I think yeah. for me, the jury's still out if altitude was a good thing or not, mm. or whether I did it right or mm. um, not sure. But I mean, but you, I you think, were only you know, there for four weeks total, is that right? Yeah, so yeah. that's all I could really yeah, afford. Because yeah. wouldn't it, I, um, I mean, you would do. know more than me, wouldn't it take a couple of weeks to even start to uh, acclimatise to it before you got some benefit? Or uh, So for me, I could do the first three or the first few days, you, you just yeah. have to run super easy. So yeah, yeah. you're jogging. Yeah. Um, you can do, I think after about a week, uh, maybe sort of you know five to seven days, you can start to put in some harder running. Yeah. Um, but uh, you're, I mean, you're right. It takes a while to, you're still acclimatizing. So yeah. I, I think after about five days, you can do a normal training yeah. load. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you're, yeah, you're still, yeah. you know, the altitude is still hard. And yeah. doing, yeah. I think, you know, a big, uh, easy mistake to make on any training camp is you train too hard. Your easy days aren't easy enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's always that. And then when you throw in altitude, and, yeah. and it was really hilly as well, like, so you know, it's hard, I think, in Kenya to do the easy runs. Yeah. Because even when you do a 40-minute jog or your second run or whatever, you're still at altitude. Mm. You're still going up and down hills. Like, what does you know, Eldred sit at? About 22, 2300 metres? Yeah. Yeah, it's about that. Yeah. 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 So it's it's somewhere around the sort of, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's exactly right. I think it's around there. So it's not incredibly high. I also did altitude in Ethiopia and at some oh. point, got to 3000 meters okay, yeah, um yeah. yeah i did a run did a run there with Hailey and bikili just coming the other way like in the middle of nowhere yeah, um, okay. just doing this run you just see these two guys coming towards it oh that's Hailey gabriel Lessi and kenny bikili just out oh, for a run that's insane. amazing you didn't um, want to turn around and chase yeah. them yeah <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have been worth it wouldn't have been worth me trying that's for sure yeah yeah sure um yeah <laughs> now that would have been an incredible um, sight but i think yeah, it was, it was. But yeah, I mean, Kenya's sort of two, 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 three. Um, yeah. in Eldorette, it was, um, and it's yeah. a ten. Yeah. Um, it's enough that you notice it. You definitely yeah. notice it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. uh, but not so high that you can't get the, you know, get get the yeah. faster stuff done. Yeah. And what's the? How do you go with food there? I mean, what what are you guys normally eating while you're there? Do you try to eat what what, what the Kenyans are eating, or are there places where you can go and get yeah. some more sort of Western type food? Or yeah, what's the story? It's a, yeah, that's interesting because as I said, we're sort of cooking for ourselves in this place. And there's firstly, there's not, it's pretty basic there. So um, we were trying to bake our own bread, which wasn't always great. <laughs> mm. The electricity would just turn off all the time and everything like, you know, that, all the cooking stuff required electricity. Yeah. So it'd be like, uh, okay. Um, so we would like go to the market and you'd get a, a chicken 
um and it's you're just like right we're gonna um try and roast this chicken um they you can you, they there's some sort of cafes and restaurants there as well so you, they do a lot quite a lot of indian food there so you can get like um curries and we did try some of the ugali that like um you know really starchy um it's like mashed potato but really starchy um thing uh, that kenny's eat a lot of but it's really dry it's not a lot of flavor i mm. did not did not enjoy it um but yeah it's basic so we're cooking quite basic things um uh just you know a lot of a lot of simple stuff a lot of vegetables um just you know frying and boiling um, vegetables and potatoes mm. and bread and a bit of meat mm. uh it's okay um mm. but um yeah and, it's, and that's well, it certainly wasn't that's the best food what, what do you like kenyans are eating yeah, I mean they eat mm. they eat ugali and gravy. Like mm. they eat a lot of um, a lot of that. Yeah, R- mm. like lentils, a lot of really basic, simple stuff. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily the the mm. secret, um, or if, they, if that gives them a lot of a lot of value. But really, really basic mm. um, food and quite repetitive. A lot of mm. the same things all mm. the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the cuisine was not the of all the places I've been to. I'd say it was a uh, certainly not at the high end on the on the cuisine side. Sure. <laughs> got, yeah, yeah. got a little bored of it. Yeah, I mean, because obviously they're, they're, they're punching out the training, so they've got to be getting the, uh, mm. the nutrition in and the calories in. So, mm. yeah, yeah, they definitely are. Uh, it's just, uh, mm. yeah, it's just quite quite simple yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Is there like the you know local general store? You can grab a Mars bar and Coke that type thing, or all the kids like still into all those types of snacks? Yeah, uh, similar. So. They have these little like roadside little stores, mm. um, and they would they would have like some chocolate bars, but it's like literally a um, a guy behind the counter. Mm. Um, so they'll have like quite a lot of um, it, um, they have like chapatis. So they would make these you know homemade chapatis. They'd have a lot of those. They might they'd have a couple of different chocolate bars. Maybe they would have some like packets of nuts and packets of things like that. Mm. Uh, but they wouldn't have a lot. <clears throat> and sometimes like you know, you know might have a couple of loaves of bread that it's not a it's not a big shop yeah um, okay but if you you know and, and in the village so you'd have a couple little stalls really and sometimes you get there and be like no sorry we're out and like oh okay well i'll have whatever that thing is then and um <laughs> see, see what that is and see how that yeah. goes um yeah. yeah but yeah it's um if you go into Eldoret, which is a bit more of a city like it's yeah. um it's probably about half an hour drive from where we were actually training yeah. it's got supermarkets and it's got you know it's a bit more of a city as we think of it um and you can buy all these you know buy these things but um mm. you've got to arrange to get there on a minibus the drive is uh, it's a pretty bumpy um you know you know chaotic drive to get there um yep. so we didn't go often mm. um maybe mm. a couple of times you know, maybe once a week or so when you know, we just go there for something different to do as well. But mm. yeah, mm. most of the stuff, you're just walking down the road, there's someone behind a stall, you point at something they have, um, and, and, and that'd, that'd be it. Um, yeah. But it, the basic stuff is great as well. Like yeah. You just get yeah. used to, life is slow. Like, you, there's, sure. you know, there's not a lot to do. There's not a lot going on. Mm. You get used to running, resting, reading mm. books and mm. going for walks. And even like the thing, just going to the cafe for a coffee becomes your you know, your thing for the day, like, right, yep. let's break up the day and we'll go for a walk and get a coffee. Mm. Um, Coffee's all right, mate, drinkable? Yeah, the coffee was, the coffee was drinkable. Mm. I mean, it's not, it's not Australia standards. <laughs> mm. um, that's for sure. Um, I think getting a flat white um, 
piccolo would be a, would be a struggle um yep, yep. but uh i mean they do they grow a lot of uh, coffee beans in kenya so the yep, the yep. black coffee as they sort of cook it there was it was was, was pretty good knock your head off a bit yeah okay yep. yeah all right mate let's get back to your marathon career uh 2013 a couple of races over there in japan starting off in um in beppu is that how it's pronounced beppu um yeah uh, in february yep, that's right two, two um so we'll start with that one, and, and then you you moved on to uh, Fukuoka again, in where you ran your PB two twelve fifty two. So let's start with uh, Feb Feb race two sixteen fifty four. Yeah, Beppu was. I've got mixed. I had mixed views, uh, mixed sort of feelings about about Beppu. I mean, I mean it was close to my PB um, at the time, so it was only eight seconds of my PB. In some ways, I was happy because after so twenty ten, I ran my PB. Then I ran those two really hot championships where you know time was out the window. Um, you know, spoke about 2011 when I was injured. 2012, <clears throat> I was um, didn't finish, so I'd only run one. You know, as you said, I'd run 221, 222, and then a 216, and then a couple of mid 220s again. It's like, so in a way, I was like, at least I showed I can run a good marathon again. Um, it wasn't a one-off. I can do it. Yep. But um, you know, I was. This is off the back of running 2840 for 10k. I'd smashed my 10k PB. Mm. I was running so well just before Christmas. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and so I felt like I should be running PB for the marathon. Mm. Um, I was in, you know, I've been in such good shape in December. Um, I was running well, uh, but it just didn't quite translate to Beppu. Um, the race itself, again, typical Japanese one where you're running the whole thing on your own. There's no group to run with. So yeah, you, you're running at your own pace and just, and just running around. I remember like the first couple of drink stations, someone had taken my drink. So your drink's not there. It wasn't, it wasn't, didn't really affect me, but it's so these little things can throw you off sometimes and you're getting annoyed. I just remember being annoyed for the, for the beginning of the race. Like there were people sat behind me, Japan, well, one or two Japanese guys that just sat right on me so much. So they're clipping my shoes all the time. Um, uh, and then, you know, I'm running, there's no group. So I'm sort of, I've got this like one or two guys that would sit behind me. My water drink, my drinks aren't there. Um, I didn't feel amazing, um, but I think I ran a pretty even pace, 216, 50 or so. Um, but the, the one good thing was um, uh, it uh, was a, um, I think it was a qualifier for the Commonwealth the following year because I got under mm. the qualifying time. Um, but yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a mixed one for me. I, I mean, I think as I said, you know, before I felt like I should have run faster for the marathon than I did. And that was one of those days where off the back of a 2840 10k and um, been running so, so well, so much better than I ever had. I thought mm. I'd run at least a PB. Um, and, uh, you know, the other thing at the time in the group, we had Jeff Hunt who'd run 211 um, for the marathon. And people were sort of saying, you know, you're, you're beating Jeff in training and he has run 211. And, you know, maybe you should be thinking you're, a, you know, that sort of, you know, marathon, you know, caliber. Maybe you're like a you know, 211 a 212 sort of guy that's that's what you're going to do like the group that i was training in i think the coach was saying you'll go and do it like mm. you're you know you're running as well as um as you you know as you know i don't know whether i was running as well as jeff was but you know mm. people would say i was you're, you're looking as good as jeff was when he ran that time yeah i don't think i was quite at that that level but you know that's that in my head that's mm. what the sort of race i was hoping to run was a yeah. maybe not a 211 but a 212 213 mm. Mm. was possible I think honestly I think it was about 68 I remember just not oh, feeling okay. 
So I didn't, yeah, I didn't go for it. But I remember um, not looking at my watch and then looked at 5K. I was like, oh, is that only the pace we're running? I thought we'd be running a lot quicker than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it was one of those where I didn't feel, I don't think I would have felt I could, you know, it would have felt too hard to run quicker than I did. Mm. Um, so I ran a sort of 68 and then maybe a 69 second half because that was the pace that felt like natural on the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it wasn't one of those where I went for it and died. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it just, yeah, it just didn't feel right on the day. Mm, mm. But, you know, it wasn't a disaster by any means. Just, no, uh, no, definitely not. I did, yeah, just, I, was, I was hoping for something amazing again. I was hoping for that big, big yeah. step like I'd had in 2010, the next big yeah. big step up and it was a uh, um, it was more at the you know i guess the, the same sort of level mm-hmm. um just quickly cover for coco when you're in that pb mate was uh how, how did that race compare to that 216.54 like you know there's a minute difference in it but it did it feel like a different type of race in yeah it did yeah, it, okay. yeah it did so that one felt easy early on again um like I was pacing on my own. I was holding myself back. Um, there are a couple other um, internationals in the race. They'd gone off a little bit ahead of me, actually. <clears throat> American guy, um, I think Alistair Cragg, an Irish guy, was also running in that. And they'd gone off at sort of 2.13-ish sort of pace. But I held back a little bit. Um, so I, I was running at sort of 2.14 pace. So I could see them ahead of me, but I'm not with them, which was maybe a mistake. Um, but I'm running on my own. I remember getting to halfway in just under um, 67, I think, feeling great, thinking, right, I can actually move on from here <clears throat> and pick it up and you know, but, but still trying to not get too excited too early on. Um, but then I, they started um, coming back to me and I could see them as like, actually, I'm going to, I think now's the time to try and get with those guys and, you know, race them. You know, I mm. need to be in a race now for the, for the, for the last quarter of the race. Um, and it's just, you know, as can happen in a marathon, you think you're going great, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like uh, I think I remember looking at my watch and that kilometer split. I was going, oh, that was you know I've been running whatever three, three ten, three twelves really consistently, okay, and that was like a three twenty. I was like, well, okay, it's all right, don't panic, don't panic. And then it was like a three twenty eight, like mm. okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like, and then it's like, and then it, everything hurt then it was just sort of you're thinking just have to get to the finish like i i knew i was still on for a pb and i kept trying to do the maths in my head um to see if i was like you know but i remember it was one of those where the wheels are completely off um Mm -hmm. and i was really really struggling um the guys the group that i was trying to get off the back of had had moved ahead of me again because i was i'd slowed down um so that last seven or eight k you know i was probably it was probably on 213 pace at 30 like 34k um and then lost yeah probably two and a half minutes in that last seven or eight k real struggle um and again it was one of those like yes i'm happy with a pb um but um you know i've really really for so much of the race you've been thinking 213 could happen 214 could happen Mm. and then you're like oh no (laughs) no 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 i've got to just like at least run a pb out of this um so yeah, it's a it's every marathon, right? No one, it's very rare. That everyone runs a perfect marathon where they go, that was everything went right, and it was as fast as I could possibly run. Uh, but yeah, it was a different race to to Beppu. Beppu, I didn't mm. feel it from the start. That one, I felt great. I've you know felt like I was holding back. Mm. Um, I think I'd had a pretty good build up. Um, I'd run, um, you know, pretty pretty strong 
um, sort of build up to it. Um, but uh, just, yeah, it was one of those where you're hanging on. Uh, mm. I was, it was a minute PB, which is, which is great. Um, but uh, and I, I sort of look back, I think I you know, said a couple of times already, I should have probably run a, a better marathon than I have. Mm. Um, and you know, look at some of these races where I go, oh, if I, you know, if I just managed to hold it together for that last few K or if um, I've done a marathon at that point in my training or, um, you know, if that race had just been, you know, I had people to run with instead of having to do the whole thing on my own, maybe it could have been different, but, yeah, yeah. um, yeah, that's yeah. the thing with marathons. There's so many, so many variables. Um, yeah. it's so rare that everything, everything yeah. comes together. So I guess yeah. that's why people love it as well. Yeah. Yeah. They're a, they're a hard monster to get right. Um, I'm just thinking back in hindsight, let's just think when you, when you drop a 320 and then you drop a 328, um, if you didn't look at your watch and see that 328, and a couple of guys came past and said, "Come, on, Ben, let's just come with us." And you reckon you could have ran quicker? You know, like I'm trying to, which I'll touch on soon. But talking about the mental side of things, um, you know, as soon as you see yourself run, I'm only talking off my own personal experience here. Maybe you can sort of link to it as well. If, if you know, when you feel you maybe run a slow split and you see, you look down, and you see that slow split. Uh, slow split you can straight away mentally start to think okay now it's getting really really tough really hard so i wonder how mentally that can turn things around and you actually run harder or heavier than than you probably would have um if you hadn't looked at it you know what i mean it's that it's that feedback that i am running slow uh the feedback from the watch yeah. but if you just ignored it um you can just sort of stay on top of it more mentally yeah if you sort of know what yeah I'm so i think it's yeah. a, i think it, it's a, it's a good point. Um, mm. And look, my coach, Ken Green at the time, old school sort of guy, he'd be with one that's saying, don't wear a watch. You just run by feel. Um, mm. I'm a sort of, I like the stats and the data and the, and the thing. And so uh, um, it's, I think you could well be, you could well be right. You definitely, sometimes when you look at your watch and the way you feel, when you see that, that split can make you feel great or it can make you feel like, Oh no, this is, this is it. It's gone. Um, sometimes you're better off being, ignorant and and blind of it and just running by feel mm -hmm. um i think i think it depends i think it could be i think sometimes um look at knowing your splits so that you just are aware of what pace you're going and you, you haven't gone off way too hard which is the worst thing you can do but it's yeah. also so easy to do yeah. um uh, you're right i think there's definitely times where you look at it and go now that I know I'm slowing, yeah. it's, it, yeah. I'm a, I, you know, there's no uncertainty that you can't convince yourself that, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. that you're still going okay. You know it. Yeah. Uh, and you, you can, you probably can or do mentally give up a little bit. Mm. Um, I think that's probably, I think that's probably, it can happen. Yeah. I start to look at my, I, I try not to look, look at it. I don't have any notifications going off and, Generally, you know when you're running well, so I don't feel I have yeah. to look down. Um, obviously, there's always that concern that maybe you're running too quick, but that should only be in the opening couple of Ks. But I think when you're running well, but I find I actually start looking down when I'm getting tired. So that's what I'm getting at. And then you start to get that yeah. feedback. You are running slow. But if you don't look down, then you can just tell yourself, no, you're just feeling tired, but you're still moving quite well. But yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, that's the battle of, of running a marathon or most distances, isn't it? Yeah, and I think I think it, I think you're right. Um, I think I've run I've run a few marathons without a watch. Um, the only reason I did for those um, Japanese ones, as I said, you because mm. um, I knew there wasn't a group. 
and I mm. could be running on my own and I was mm. like and in a marathon if you you know if you switch off for a few k and you're actually running a little bit slow and you, th- you realize you've got to catch that up or you yeah. go a few seconds too quick yeah. like I think and it, I, I might not be you know 100% right either but I sort of think getting the pace right is quite important in a marathon but because of and when you're in a group it's easy mm-hmm. you just go right i'm just going to run with these guys yeah it's you fine. just you just and, run with you know, them you know they're running on pace yeah. all you have to focus is just staring at their you know at their backsides exactly. and, and run with them and if it know. slows if it slows someone will go to the front and go hey we're slowing mm-hmm. like the group mm-hmm. will sense and it will yep. you know yep. regulate itself but when you're running on your own it's like oh well, that's that's why i've water watched but i think you're yeah. right like i think yeah. the downside is when you start to get tired you get it's you can't resist to just look yeah. at your watch and the reason i do it you're hopeful that you haven't slowed you're hopeful <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're like i'm because you know you know as you said you know you're struggling a bit you're hoping mm-hmm. it's not that bad you're looking yeah. there like maybe that'll still be a 312 maybe yeah. maybe it's just me yeah. feeling it you know i'm tired i'm bound to be tired it's you yeah. know it's 35k yeah. and then you see the three whatever yeah. 31 you're like yeah. oh no because <laughs> it, it, it does suck you in because exactly, you do right. have those days when you feel like you're running at 3.30 and you look down and it's a 3.15 you're like, oh, wow. So it, it, it is that false yeah. sense of security sometimes, yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on yeah. to 14, mate. It can mate. slow you down, right? Yeah, sorry? I was going to say also it can make you go slower than you should because yeah, you, you're yeah, holding yourself it. back as well. Yeah. That's the downside. If you're having yeah. a great day, you're telling yourself you shouldn't be running this quickly. Sometimes you just go, actually – don't yeah. don't run too slow just because that's what your head tells you you should do if you feel great just go for it yeah and yeah i mean yeah i mean could just quickly I, I had a good year last year and that was mainly because i wasn't looking at my watch i just i just ran on field so i'll continue to do that um no doubt um because i think i'm i'm scraping on the belly of 50 now and i know i've got more to gain from uh from that from from the mental side of things than i have from my harder training so i'm, I'm working on that side uh, big time. I think there's a, there's a lot to gain there because, uh, as we all say, for, uh, for many years, running is, is such a mental game. So um, sometimes it can be easily overlooked and uh, we think more about how do we get that extra session in where we should be looking more in the mindfulness type type scenario. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. 2014, mate, second uh, singlet for GB, uh, Glasgow Com Games, 216.50, finishing 14. So another pretty good result there at the Com Games. Yeah, I was I was pleased with that, um, and I think contrasting it to the, the experience I had in Delhi, you know, I was talking about earlier, which was underwhelming. Uh, Glasgow was the opposite, like the experience to be. Uh, the marathon was on day one, so I got to, uh, you know, enjoy the village after the race. Um, we were, the, you know, we're there for could be there for the whole thing. We weren't just flown in for it, so it was a it was a good. Re- really loved the experience. I, it was a <clears throat> again. I've got. It's, uh, it was an interesting – I hadn't been running that well that year. Um, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. I haven't been running that well. Um, I'd had sort of a few, um, I guess, a few maybe tweaks to my training. I was thinking I should be doing some longer stuff. I, I was also trying, playing around with my diet a little bit. I'd been talking to some people that said, you know, um, reduce some of the carbs you eat and rely more on fats. So I've been playing around that a little bit. Mm, mm. Um, I'm not sure whether it made much difference. I mm. think maybe I um, didn't do it well enough, but you do, you know, one thing you lose with that is you're having quite a lot of training days where you're not hundred percent. And obviously you're focusing more on, I guess I've been focusing more on not dying in that last seven or eight K of a marathon, mm. being more of yeah. an endurance, mm. proper endurance focus. Mm. Um, I knew that I, you know, I knew that I had speed mm. uh, for a marathon runner. Mm. Um, and I think I'd looked back at, you know, I said, I've been running fast for 
uh, 5Ks, 10Ks, but the marathon wasn't quite coming off. So, I, you know, I consciously um, tried to make a bit more of a shift. I didn't think running more miles was, was the answer because, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I think there's a limit to the amount of training the body can take. So I didn't think just do more training was the answer, but I was like, maybe I can <clears throat> train my body to, um, you know, be a bit more of a, an endurance engine, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've you know, been talking to a few people about that. Um, my build-up wasn't great. I think um, you, know, you mentioned Gold Coast. I did 10K on the Gold Coast. I don't know if I even broke 30. Um, it was so, which is you know, it's not awful, but it's certainly it's not like something you look at and go, yeah, you're, you're flying. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went into it sort of thinking, I don't know how well I'm running, um, but I am training for a marathon. So um, I, it was almost like. I wasn't in great shape, but maybe I actually still ran a pretty good race. I mean, as I said, it was another 216. It was a solid race. The race itself was um, was it was all right. I think that the other British guys got away from me um, at about halfway. It started off really slow. The whole group was together for about five, ten k. Then the you know the uh, the you know, Shelley and Liam and the, the Kenyans um, uh, broke away. Um, I was running in a group with. Marty then I think and some the other British guys they got away from me at about halfway um I rallied a little bit in the second half uh, I think we went through halfway in about 67 mm. um and then I was sort of stuck on my own um and I rallied a little bit um and I think I was like you know a couple of them were coming back to me towards the end but yeah I sort of uh, I wanted to you know race those guys I wanted to be you know sort of one of the first Brits or the first mm. Brit at least mm. um but it was uh, so it was, it was you know one of those it was i've got mixed feelings again for mm. it it was a uh, solid solid race but not but not spectacular but the experience was amazing yeah like, i was going to say the crowd um, on the streets the, the crowds were great awesome. yeah. yeah it was it really was the crowds on the the streets were incredible it was like you go you know, go out in the town afterwards and walk around and everyone um because you're wearing your pass because you need it to get back in so everyone wants to talk to you about it, 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 it like the whole town was the whole city was um alive with it um so they you know the the scottish people there loved it um because it was in the uk for me that was amazing um so i could fly back to the uk my friends could come and watch my family um so it was um it was brilliant to go back and do a home championships um so that that part of it i loved um uh i think the only thing yeah i mean on the on the day i think the um, you know the, the Commonwealth Games. You know you've got a chance of a medal. I think the mm. standard isn't as high as other world champs. Yes, you've got Kenya, which is unfortunate, mm. <clears throat> but you don't have you don't have all of the. They don't send their best guys for, for mm. a start. They don't send the uh, the, Kep, the Kipchogis of the world. Mm. Um, so you know they're beatable. Um, and in a marathon, you know you can sneak a medal if mm. you know if things don't go people's way. So mm. um, you know I sort of went there with not expecting a medal definitely not but you know thinking mm. you know if i run well if i run pb mode and things go really well there's a you know there's a chance mm. um in the end i was nowhere near um mm. i think i was 14th that day um yep. a lot of people yep. had you know good good races mm. um but yeah you know you sort of you always think with the commonwealth games there's a, there's a it, things can happen especially in the mm. marathon yep. um so mixed feelings on the race but yeah as mm. i said the experience was was it was awesome going back and and doing it back in the UK and the, the, the crowds were absolutely amazing. Mm. 
as you say, anyone can win, and uh, not any. I shouldn't say that as disrespect, but obviously anyone uh, besides it's a bit more of a lottery. Win. Because yeah. Michael Michael yeah. Shelley picked up picked up the gold and did it again in Gold Coast four years Amazing later and in that yeah, uh, in that crazy day yeah 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 mate um, sort of looking back at your career now what do you uh, what do you feel was was your sort of your best asset or strength um, in training and or racing and um, then after you've answered that we'll sort of flip it over to what you think your biggest weakness or hurdles might have been sort of to overcome. Um, in training and racing. Let, let, let's yeah, so I think... In the marathon distance, let's say. Yeah, so I think um, for me, I was good at absorbing the training. So yeah. um, by that, I mean like the, I could I can soak up the miles. The more, the more miles I did as I you know, grew my training as I got older, the more mm. I improved. Mm. Um, I wasn't someone that was super fast on the track as a junior um, mm. and then just, you know, moved up the distances. I actually, the more miles I ran, the better I got at any mm. distance mm. and so you know some people struggle with to be able to keep the mileage going and um, either they're too tired or they get injured a lot mm. Mm. um obviously i had the odd injury issue but mm. um so i think one asset i had was i could i could get you know those long runs and the you know the, the mileage i could cope mm. with that um mm. so i could cope with that well mm. um and for you know for a marathon it's, you know pretty much everyone you need to be able to you know get the miles done so mm. i think that i think that's definitely one Mm. Um, I think, um, you know, as well, I sort of show, I think I was always, um, I had trust that consistency would get me there. Like, um, uh, and I mean that, you know, I improved as I got older and, and, but not, you know, I tweak the training and I do a little bit more. Um, but I was, you know, not impatient that it had to happen now. Mm. I think a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people when they're running, they'll go, right, I've just got to do loads and loads of training or i've got to absolutely destroy myself in all these sessions because i have mm. to be mm. you know i have to get better for this for this thing here um you know and people can overtrain or do too much and i i think i was you know had the i had the faith that if you it's the consistency that is the most mm. important thing it's the you know getting all of the sessions done not you know any not not smashing yourself in you know in, in a certain session yeah. um so i think and you know, I think a lot of people don't have have that um, or don't yeah. do it enough. Mm. Um, so I think being able to just go right, consistency is what I'm going for. Getting mm. getting all of these runs done. Mm. Mm. Um, I think in a, in racing, like the you know what what are my strengths in in the races? I think um, you know I was I quite like front running. I feel most comfortable um, when I'm at the front of a group and I'm I'm pushing the pace. I wanted to try and break people early. Um, that sometimes is a negative. Um, sometimes people can be sit there for a ride, but I was, um, you know, pretty, um, I think pretty happy or, you know, um, okay with like, right. Okay. Just go hard from the gun. Yeah. Um, um, I'm not someone that, you know, would say, right, I'm just going to sit in all the time behind these and I'll, you know, just, I'll go hard the last, last K or two. Um, my best style, my best races where I, you know, that I ran hard were ones that I ran hard pretty early. Um, so I think that was, you know, something that was sort of my, my racing style because I didn't have a massive sprint finish or so on. Um, but I was, I could consistently, you know, get it, get, get to that front and run and keep that pace hard, um, and, and, keep, and, you know, keep it, you know, really honest. Um, so I think that, that, that's probably my, my strength from a racing perspective. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think that's, I think that's probably most of it. I think generally, um, 
uh, I think the biggest asset I had, I think, as I said, was being able to absorb that, absorb those miles. I think yeah, that's still, yeah. you know, be able to reco- recover from it, get it done yeah. again, mm. and get good co- quality in the mix of the mileage um, mm. was uh, was the, 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 the best thing for me. And you mentioned earlier you, you were pretty much capping it about the, the 160K mark. Like, I mean, obviously there's a lot of guys out there that are going 220s and 240s. You you never felt the urge to, to, to go up there? Um, no, not really. So I did do, I think... Probably 160 was sort of my, as you said, my sort of average. I would, I would mm. hit 180 quite regularly, bigger weeks. Mm. Like you just load it up a little bit more for, for a week or two and then yep, yep. and then come down. Um, I sort of felt after that that I was um, just, uh, I mean, firstly, just time. I was working the mm. amount of time to actually be able to um, get all those runs done. Um, I, Whenever I did do... Like I, I, you know, I think my biggest. I've done a few two tens or two twenties, um, and I sort of, you know, when I, when I dabbled with it, it I've, it didn't, I didn't feel like I could keep the quality there. Yeah. Um. So it felt like I was having to run a lot slower. Um, the yeah. sessions were not as strong. Um. Mm. And I think maybe if I'd always been, you know, been able to get that, re- I was really conscious. I'm not resting and recovering as much as, um, you know, an elite athlete normally would, a professional athlete would. So smashing out the, the training to, to absolute you know that sort of level didn't didn't seem like it you know it's probably going to be sustainable for me so yeah. I, I kept yeah. it around that sort of you know i would i was quite happy to do a good long strong long run but um you know it wasn't someone that kept putting in lots and lots of second runs to just make up the mileage mm, yeah, um yeah, yeah. And i think that's a temptation i think when you want to try and do that you go you just count you're just trying to run miles you're not thinking about mm what form these miles are in you do a lot of and people call it like junk miles i think that's a trap that's quite easy to fall into then yep. um it's you know either should be recovering and it should be you know easy or it should be something which is some quality uh to it um yep. so i tried to yeah sort of 180 was sort of my comfort zone if you like for a consistent high high mileage not much beyond that yeah yeah were you um, sort of receiving like regular re- regular treatment, and uh, were you doing any work in the gym, you know, like prehab work and injury prevention, that type of work, or was it just mainly running? And and with your running, were you going out doing specific, you know, strength work on the hills? So I was someone who was really really bad at all the <laughs> all the gym and rehab prehab right, stuff. I yeah. hated it. Mm. So it was uh, I should have done. I did do a little bit when I was having injuries, but I. I was, it was probably my worst thing was I did no gym work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it was, you know, something that people would say, I should, I don't know, you know, they're right. I should have done more. Um, I just hated doing it. Um, and, you know, trying to find that extra time to do it and things. Mm. It was the first thing that I would make excuses for. Mm. Um, I was trying to get in like maybe a massage once a week or so when I could. Yep. Um, probably didn't do it every week, but most weeks I'll just try and get, try and get one in. Um, but yeah, my, I think the thing that I neglected most was checking. I had the right, you know, strength in the right places, making that, um, making sure I was, um, you know, balanced and strong and I should have done more, more gym work generally. Like I've had, um, you know, recently just much, much lower level with things like, you know, my, glutes are inactive and all these things that you get from sitting down and as you get yeah. a bit older these you know i wasn't i wasn't um doing that mot if you like around uh, is everything working as it should is everything yeah. as strong as it should be mm. um that was my something that i definitely should have done more on i'm sure it would have made me uh you know a better 
I mean, it would change your changes your form, right? Changes your biomechanics. It changes your efficiency as well as obviously your strength and ability to cope with stuff. So that was the yep. probably the biggest downfall of things I didn't do. Yeah, I was mm. bad at that. Um, mm. And then a little bit of massage and things here and there. Obviously, when you get injured, you focus quite heavily on right. I'm going to do these exercises. I'm going to stretch more. I'm going to do the exercise. I'm going to do the you know the, get a lot of deep tissue work done. But when you start to uh, when the injury starts to you know go away it's not top of mind and i, I would yeah. neglect it a little bit yeah yeah a lot of us fall into that trap for sure keep uh physios yeah. and never go broke yeah <laughs> that is true all right let's go back uh to flip it back over mate uh what you think was was one of your biggest weakness or hurdles that you had to overcome was there something that just kept popping up and you started to sort of sort of notice it um being a regular occurrence or there might not have been anything yeah so i think there were so and something that i tried to work on a bit um later on and i think in marathons i think specifically versus like rather than general races and like it and it's weird because i was saying before like i like running from the front i like going hard but in a marathon i was so because i'd had you know when i know that when the pain hits it hits so it I wonder if I properly committed to running at a time that I might've been capable of like a faster PB. Mm. Um, I think there are moments in marathons and races when I look back where a group has moved away. Um, and I've just not, because I know not yet I've let them go. I've been more focused about the time mm. rather than the race. Um, yeah. uh, and I think part of it was, I was wondering if I was, um, worried about how, hard it will hurt me like mm. hey now how much it might hurt uh, mm. if it goes wrong mm. you know because you know the end anyone that's done a marathon will know like when it goes wrong it's pretty horrible mm. and that feels like a long time that you're out there just trying to get to the finish line and i was and i actually saw a couple of sort of sports psychologist people and saying that how do i how do i get in my head not i'm worried about how much this is going to hurt later but actually you know think about i want to do this like try and try and do that and i spoke to a guy in sydney that sort of said you've got to try and build this into your training you've got to try and part of the training session now and then will be just to cope with extreme discomfort the times mm -hmm. don't matter so he mm -hmm. would say things like if you're doing a rep session say 10 times a k you're going to run the seventh one as hard as you can mm -hmm. flat out mm -hmm. and then you're going to get struggle your way through eight nine and ten um just to see what happens just to sort of make yourself feel can you you know what does that feel like um and he, you know he is you know he, theory was that actually it won't feel, it will feel hard but it probably won't feel as bad as he thought it would be and he said similar on a long run sometimes on a long run like let's say you're doing two and a half hour long run um at about the one hour 45 mark just do a really hard 15 minutes like mm. you know, a strong effort and then um you know see what that last half hour is like um i i think i didn't do enough of it um or maybe i only sort of thought about it too late to say whether it actually made any difference because i think I, when i started doing that i only ran maybe even one marathon more um sort of sort of 2016 sort of time um but yeah i think that, that's my i think i always felt like that was my biggest weakness in the marathon was that i worried too much about um going too hard too early and i didn't race it enough mm -hmm. and maybe i didn't fully commit to mm -hmm. something because i was worried about you know um, basically hitting the wall later and how hard that might feel. So I think that was my, my biggest thing. I think, um, yeah. training obviously like, you know, you commit hard to the training. I never felt like I took in 
easy way out in any of these teams. But on race day, I was I always had those doubts whether that was maybe an issue for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right, yeah, mate. Let's move on to a uh, different subject here. New the new shoes, mate. How are you finding all these carbon <laughs> plates and new foam technologies, mate? Like I'm. Um, I'm loving the feel of of the foams um, that's going around at the moment. Um, yeah, but yeah. How do you how do you find? Yeah, I assume you're you're still running them and you've you've tried them out. Yeah. So I actually recently just just tried um, uh, just just tried them for the first time actually. Um, mm. So um, you know, a pair of the Nike ones, not the not the brand new ones, some of the one of the earlier models. I mean. Look, I think my personal experience is, um, and I'm not at the level I used to be, but I, but I wore them for, a, um, you know, I did a bit of a, I guess, a tempo fartlek session in them, mm-hmm. and I was running faster in them than I thought I would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sort of looking at it going, wow, I'm either mm-hmm. in you know, pretty good shape at the moment, um, mm-hmm. or all these shoes are definitely making a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, is so that the I, next I mean, percent? personal experience? Yeah, the next yeah. percent, I think, that's the ones, yeah. So personally... They feel, I mean, they feel very weird. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm running in them, they, the, the feel of the shoe, whether it's the, I guess, the height or the material, does feel unusual. Yeah. Um, uh, and weirdly, like I picked up this injury I've had now, sort of I, I, after doing, whether it's because I ran hard or whether the shoe changes your you know, uh, biomechanics a little bit, obviously mm-hmm. don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that actually um, caused me to, after that sort of hard effort, hard effort I did in the shoes, I got, got a bit of a, that's when my sort of patella, um, tendon mm. I had a bit of, a bit of an issue with mm. generally mm. with the shoes I think mm. look I sort of think that it's definite that times are getting so much faster mm. um, I think I'm a little bit on the fence like is it you know is that just part of things you know people technology gets better things progress um, I wonder if maybe Nike or you know certain it's going to become more about the the patents and there's going to be too much of a uh, an advantage that one company is going to, and therefore the runners that run for that company are going to have over others. Mm. Um, you know, I sort of see running as a very pure sport. Um, yeah. Yeah. The shoes job really is to protect your foot from getting yeah. hurt uh, mm. than to make you faster than you already are. So I sort of see that's the, um, that's not the case in all sports, um, mm. Mm. but I sort of see that that is the case for, for running so um, i mean i guess i'm a little bit against the shoe actually making you faster than than you would be without it yeah but it's interesting like i think it's fascinating like the mm. uh the, the battles the sport is having with what is right and what is wrong yeah. um i guess the uh the money that the shoe companies obviously want to pour into it mm. um i mean and then you look at the times that you know that people are able to run but i think I think people now are just going, oh, well, it's the shoes. And, you know, there are people that will definitely be running incredible, um, you know, incredible shape in their, you know, their running times that represent the shape they're in. But people will just say, oh, it's the shoes or yeah, a, yeah. with all the EPO issues that and the drug drug issues are also having as well. It's, like, it's either the shoes or it's drugs. And that's not a great state yeah. For, yeah. for things to be in, I think. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's sort of my, my thoughts on it. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree um just just from just uh from my point of view just running i just love the way they feel um taking away the performance mm. um they just feel nice nice uh, um definitely when when the foot hits the ground but um yeah i agree i mean yeah i agree with that yeah there, there definitely are there's definitely some speed in them um and i'm no shoe scientist but i know with those with those vapor flies and those high stack height uh foams and that it off offloads the achilles and calves and actually you get nothing for nothing. So that load now moves further up the leg into the knee mm-hmm. 
and uh, and upwards into the into the hip. So uh, possibly yep. the tendon could have come from uh, running in that uh, high stack foam in those in those. But yeah, I'll but just blame it, them it, anyway. I'll say it's yeah. their fault. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's an nice issue. Interested to see all these other ones coming on the market soon. And uh, I guess mm. from uh, from the other shoe manufacturers, they're stoked. Uh, I'm looking at the silver lining of COVID for them. It's given them a chance to catch up and get their shoes released and, and out in the market for uh, for the Olympics if it goes ahead next year. Um, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, Nike had a big big monopoly on it there for a bit, for sure. Yeah, Mate, everyone's much, got uh, one now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Nearly everyone's got one. Um, they're not all available just yet, but um, mm. yeah, that, they'll they'll go like hotcakes for sure. Um, the shoe industry is not struggling, that's for sure. Mm, agreed. Um. So how much longer do you see yourself living over there in Singapore, mate? And will uh, us Aussies ever see you guys back here to live someday, what do you reckon? It's <laughs> uh, a great place, mate. It's a great place. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's grown on me. Like, um, yeah. like, not that I didn't like it when I moved here, but um, the more I've uh, sort of lived here, the, the, the more, I, more I've liked it. Um, okay. Yep. So I think there's no plans at any point to move anywhere. Okay. I think definitely yep. it'll be it's probably not, in a couple not, more you're years. You're not doing or contract so. or anything? You just... Yeah, you just over there. No, so as it's long as long as, okay. as long as I have a job, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, then they're all good. Yeah. Um, so I and think, like I you mean, said, and like you said, it, you can move move that position in many countries around the world. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I, I do miss Oz. I, I mean, when I've been I've been back to Sydney loads of times since yeah, yeah. since moving here. I've still got friends there. I come back and I go, oh, yeah. this is the city. Yeah. Uh, I miss the city a lot. It's amazing. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's possible. Um, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, we've got some ties in the UK as well. Um, sure. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm not one that plans very well. I don't like have a life plan. And say right, yeah, I'm, you know, yeah. going to move here yeah. at this point. So I don't know where yeah. and when. I don't yeah. want to be in Singapore forever. Um, I think yeah. it's a great place to live for a while. Um, I don't have kids at the moment, but um, you know, sort of raising kids here is great for a while. But I, it's it, it is a little bit of a bubble. I think as kids grow up and start to you know, engage with the real world. I'm not sure that Singapore is the best place for that. Sure. Um, and just things like, I mean, there's, there's no, there is, uh, you know, there's not much sporting culture going on. Um, mm. There's no, there's no crime, which is good. Mm. But, you know, I think, it, I think people should realize that Singapore is not normal. It should yeah. be, you know, should realize the sort of the way of life and some of the um, great stuff that happens here is not the same in the real world. You don't see the challenges that a lot of people have, you know, things like that. Um, so I think, um, you know, raising kids in a place that's a little bit more, I guess, edgy, um, mm -hmm. would be, would be better, but, um, but it, it, honestly, it is a, it is a great place as I said, you know, the travel options for what you can do, yeah, yeah. whether it's go around Asia and all these amazing places around that, or just a weekend away is, is yeah, incredible. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, I had a look at Instagram posts and there was lots of, uh, little holidays away and lots of fine yeah. food that you're eating there and. Yeah, and lots of cats, mate. Yeah, you like you like your cats, mate. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I've got a cat. Um, yeah, he's a he's a he's a, he's a character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's good fun. But yeah, I mean, Singapore's great for socialising as well. Yeah. It's uh, easy to get around. Public yeah. transport works amazingly. Taxis yeah. are cheap, yeah. as you said. Lots of restaurants and yeah. bars, yeah. and it's good weather. Yeah, you know, it's sunny yeah. and thirty degrees every day. Not so great yeah. for running, but it is sure. good for sitting on a in a bar on a beach and. Yeah, um, yeah. you know having having some beers or something like that yeah 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 okay mate um where can listeners follow you along mate yeah happy to share any social sites or anything like that 
Yes, I've got a. I mean, I've got a blog that uh, mm. I haven't updated for a while. Um, mm. I think bemro.net. Uh, it has got a few sort of, I guess, experiences I've written after races I've done that you know we, we've t- chatted about as well, and some some things that I've um, put on there. Uh, yeah. I'm on Twitter and you said Instagram as well, so people can follow on Instagram. I'm on Twitter as well. Okay. Um, so yeah, as you said, probably um, what people will see is, is a mix of things, a little bit mm. of running, mm. uh, some cats, some travel, <laughs> some yeah, food yeah. things as well. So it'll be yeah. a It'll be a, a blend. Right, yeah. I'll, I'll <laughs> but, just, yeah. You, you, you're happy I just whack those links in the show descriptions? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep, no problem. That's no cool. Problem. Yep. Hopefully no one give you a hard time, mate. Mate, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's true, yeah. Really appreciate you giving up your time, mate, on, on a Sunday over there, mate. And uh, thanks so much for, uh, for sharing your story with us all. And um, best of luck for the future. And, uh, yeah, maybe one day we'll see you turn the line back here in, uh, in Oz, mate. Maybe, maybe. We shall see. All right, Ben. Thanks so much for your time. Amazing. No problem. Thanks. Great to speak to you. Thank you, Ben. See you, mate. All right. Cheers. Bye. Bye, mate.